This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Right Spot with Dunedin UNESCO's City of Literature. Well, you're invited to free your mind with free workshops and performances hosted by some of the country's best writing talent and up-and-coming creatives at this year's New Zealand Young Writers Festival, taking place right here in Ōtipoiti, Dunedin, from October 28th to the 31st. So whether you're a writer yourself, whether you want to be a writer, or if you're just a lover of words, it's going to be an inspirational few days and an opportunity also to learn some new skills. Uh, If you do want to check out the uh, programme, you can uh, hop online to youngwritersfest.com. NZ and if you want to be participating in the sessions, good idea to register. They're all free events, youngwritersfest.nz. Joining us uh, on the line now to preview an event that uh, he's involved in is local poet Rushi Vias. Rushi uh, Morena, good to have you with us. Oh, good to be on here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, Rushi, I say local poet, but of course um, people might have already picked up that there's an accent there. You were born in Ohio. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I was born in Ohio. Uh, my my parents um, were born and raised in India. They they moved to the U.S. in their twenties. Um, I was born and raised in Ohio and moved here to Otipoti in uh, 2019 um, when my partner got a job at the uni at the uni. And on arrival, uh, what did you set about doing in terms of uh, making some decisions about what you wanted to study and work on? Yeah, well, well, at the time, I um, I had just, uh, you know, I, I pretty much finished a draft of my first poetry collection, which um, will be coming out, but not until 2023. Um, and so I was in the editing process at the time, and I'd been working in, in New York before we moved as a uh, career advisor, uh, you know, ironically enough, assistant director of career services over there, just as a, as a gig to pay the bills. And so when we moved over here, it was for my partner's job. And so I had a little bit of time to write and read. And, and through that, I, I met um, some folks over at the university and, and ended up starting a PhD studying with uh, Jacob Edmund, um, and so I've been doing that for the last couple of years. And what is the subject of your PhD? So I'm looking at um, somatic rituals in relation to writing. And in particular, I think moving here really got me thinking a little bit more about my relationship to the colonial histories in the world. And, um, you know, it's such a big part of the conversation here in Aotearoa, in New Zealand, and um, it got me to reflect a little bit more on, hey, how do I relate to this? You know, I've, my ancestry is from India. I was born in Ohio, and now I'm an immigrant or a settler here. And um, what are some different ways that I can relate and, and relate to this place and really understand myself in this place? And I was looking at the time at some different writers who have been using what's called somatic ritual in their writing practice. I'm thinking about um, one writer that I'm heavily focused on is named Banu Kapil. Um, she's currently based in the UK, um, and she is an experimental writer. So some people call her a poet, some people call her an essayist. They really don't know what to do with her because she, her writing defies genre. And a big part of her practice is using what's called somatic ritual. So these sort of rituals that she creates to think through problems. And for her, a lot of those problems center around 
um, the histories of partition in India and particularly what that means for writers of the Indian diaspora um, and how those sort of historical violences perpetuate in different ways and in refigured ways. There's also a writer in the U.S. named C.A. Conrad who popularized somatic ritual in the last few years. And um, that's another writer who I drew inspiration from, who pretty much was doing a lot of weird things in public, but then using that to generate poems. <laughs> so somatic writing ritual is indeed the focus of, uh, of the event that you're putting together for the New Zealand Young Writers Festival. It's called Put Your Body Into It. Somatic yeah. writing ritual. Now, for those who don't have a clue what somatic writing ritual might be, I know it's not an easy thing to describe, but do your best. Yeah. yeah. Um, so essentially, you know, we often think about writing as this thing where somebody just sits, you know, in a maybe in a cabin in the woods, if it's ideal, and they're just thinking, right? And we, we have this image of this individual writer who spends a lot of time in their brain maybe, you know, a disembodied person wandering through, you know, seemingly absent, you know, absent from the world, um, and they're able to create these imaginative things. I think somatic ritual in the writing practices, somatic writing practices, try to remind us that, hey, the body, you know, that there is a writer, you know, behind these words, and the experiences that we have and the experiences that we create inform the language and the stories that we make. In the world, and so somatic ritual, for example, um, one of the rituals that I've been doing has been looking at my own relationship to you know the so-called natural world. Um, you know, growing up in the U.S., I, my family we did we didn't do a lot of outdoors things. You know, we we were really I think my parents were really glad we had you know climate control in the U.S. and um, you know, really sort of developed this relationship where we were working hard and didn't necessarily think about going out on you know, big walks and things. And so one thing that I've been doing that's a ritual that's trying to get my body to relate to the world a little bit differently is I've been going on walks and trying to incorporate these different Sanskrit mantras that I was taught as a child um, and when I'm walking, I wait and I try to see if there's like a plant that catches my eye. Um, and then I'll walk over to the plant. And, you know, a lot of somatic rituals are about doing weird things to sort of get us defamiliarize ourselves from our usual context, our everyday mode of doing things. And so I'll ask the plant if I can have permission to hold it. Um, and if the plant says yes, you know, and this is, you know, an imaginative act on my part, of course. Um, you know, then I, I hold the plant, and while holding the plant, I whisper to it over and over again this prayer from my childhood that was invoking a sun deity and sort of that generator of life. Um, and after I do this for, you know, maybe five minutes or so, I step away, and then I write. And the purpose of that is that, again, my body is doing something different. So something when the body's doing something different, something different is happening in the mind. And this can often lead to some really exciting work on the page, um, even if it starts out as a mess. How interesting. And I, I can only imagine that the workshop will be a mix of theory and practical. Um, yes. Yeah, so and I, I think, you know, the workshop, I'm, I'm working it out right now in, in the planning stages, and part of it will be what the group brings to it. So if you're out there listening and, and you're interested in this, don't worry. You know, this, this workshop is for anybody. So if you write fiction, 
um, that's great. If you write essays, that's great. If you write poetry, awesome. All of these things work. I think what we'll talk about on the theoretical side is how could you create rituals as a writer yourself that help you ask the questions that your mind is working through, whether that might just be, you know, you're stuck with a character in your novel and you don't know what the character is going to do next, right? And so maybe you create a ritual to feel like, you know, you can get into the body of that character, right? Like, what is something strange that that character might do? And how can you make a ritual of that for yourself? Or, like it is for me, if you're thinking about your relationship to place and to ancestry, to history, what are some, maybe there's like a little poem or a song from childhood that you can incorporate into your ritual and maybe some action that you can, you know, push yourself to move in a different way. A lot of somatic rituals about braiding the senses. And so we'll talk a little bit about that theoretically, but a big chunk of the workshop will be actually doing things. So we will, you know, do some rituals together. We will also try to brainstorm, you know, rituals that can help us in individual ways and um, hopefully get to get a chance to share some of the work that emerges if people feel comfortable and, um, yeah, keep the conversation going. So these work, these rituals can be used in a sense to to un, unlock uh, a pathway to uh, a creative idea that perhaps you know you have a sense of being there but haven't been able to quite put yourself in touch with. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've been thinking a lot lately about our relationship to discomfort. You know, like oftentimes. We feel stuck, you know, and there, you know, in the pandemic, especially in, an, in this global situation, there are so many problems in the world, you know, whether it's with the climate, whether it's with racial issues, you know, et cetera. And we can often just feel stuck and we can feel uncomfortable. And in that discomfort, sometimes we'll run to choose a side immediately or we'll run to, um, you know, try to escape. Maybe we'll just run and turn on Netflix or something like that. And I think somatic rituals can give us a way to sit into our discomfort a little bit and, and really dwell in, in a space of uncertainty without running from it. And so I think that's where real creativity comes from, is when we allow ourselves to sit in that uncertainty without grasping for an immediate answer. And You know, if it's a story, for example, without grasping for the easiest solution to your narrative, Maybe if you sit in there, sit in that discomfort, what emerges? Just allowing something to emerge from that creative space. What a fascinating um, session it's going to be. Friday the 29th of October for that session, Rushi. It's part of you know, a busy uh, four-day program for New Zealand Young Writers Festival. Exciting for you to be part of it? Yeah, I'm very excited to be part of it. And um, I think there will be, you know, a lot of great sessions on that weekend. So I'm just going to be excited to uh, learn from the people who come to the workshop as well and and from everyone who will be there for the weekend. You mentioned your poetry collection, When I Reach for Your Pulse, uh, publication 2023. Um, why so distant? <laughs> Well, um, so my publisher's in New York, and, and uh, I think partially it's the pandemic. I think they pushed back their uh, publication schedule a little bit. But also, you know, this can be a little bit common, that they'll pick up a book and it'll take some time. And so I'm currently working through, you know, some final revisions uh, on that and going through the process of soliciting artwork for it as well. And um, so so it's a little bit of time in the making, but I, I'm excited for that, and sometimes it's nice to have that incubation time. You know, the, the longer 
uh, I write, the more I'm realizing I'm a slow writer myself. So uh, the, the patience, the waiting is, is welcome for me. Rishi, I wonder if you'd be uh, prepared to share some of your work with us this morning. Sure. Um, I will read a poem. So also I'll plug one other event for tonight. Um, the writer and artist Hana Peraolake um, is uh, having a celebration of their artwork at Ajo Cafe from 6 to 8 p.m. tonight. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to be a small part of that. There will be some great writers. Um, so it'll be myself. Um, you know, Hannah, um, whose, you know, artwork we'll be celebrating, uh, Talia Marshall, uh, Becky Manawatu, and Holly Fletcher. So encourage you all to come out to that. And along that note, uh, Hannah was telling me the other day that they appreciated this poem of mine, so I'll read this one. It's called Still Nothing. Still Nothing. So many things are happening without my lifting a finger. Atoms flow through the open border of the body. Seven billion hearts electrified, contract. Spill iron for strange organs to make of blood music. The intestines peristaltic dirge. The stomach's ecstatic rave. The percussion of lids and lashes beating conductorless. Even if I tell my back to straighten, how little I think of the many making it happen. Thousands of neurons bundled on the night shift, directing couriers of salt and bananas to freely exchange at the cell and through the cellular wall. I'm a porous thing waking daily to apply proteins to its face to maintain my fickle boundary. How could nothing go wrong? All I'm doing is the least I can do. Thank you. Rishi Vias with us on the Awesome Morning Show for a right spot today, looking ahead to the session at the New Zealand Young Writers Festival. If you're interested in registering for Rishi's workshop, uh, put your body into it, Somatic Writing Ritual, or you can head to the website youngwritersfest.nz and check out the full program of events. They are all free to attend, but a good idea to get yourself booked in and secure your spot for it. Rishi Kiora, thanks so much for joining us here on the Awesome Morning Show. Kia ora, Jeff. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.